Welcome to Sex Communication, a project aimed at changing how people talk about sex. It features audio recordings of sex acts, extremely frank conversations, and many confessionals. Please note that our content is explicit and uncensored. And while these episodes may indeed arouse you, the intent is to inform and inspire. Join us now for a judgment and shame-free exploration of sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hi there, welcome to episode 56. Today is the quickie episode of How I Got Off from August 5th to the 11th. Well, it was a very up and down week and lots of activity. Um, Normal toy masturbation stuff, lots and lots of porn, uh, two photo shoots, an interview, some in-person sex, uh, more toys. So um, I feel like the theme of this week was frustration, (laughs) porn and frustration. I don't know if I definitely would, but the photo shoots I'm sure could be categorized as pornography in their own. Um, But I'm talking more specifically about the consumption of it. If anyone listened to the last episode, which was 55, The Sound of a Blowjob, it features audio porn, and some of that audio porn was uh, sourced from pornography. And it was, um, you know, that took (laughs) a lot of porn watching, a very, uh, you know, specific category search. Um, and you know, I don't typically, I don't think I have ever searched for blowjob pornography in searching for all the different types of blowjobs and like amateur versus porn, queer versus straight. Um, you know, I had to watch them to kind of see how they began, what was going on, what kind of expression, if any, was, was happening on the part of either the giver or the receiver, both or neither. Um, what the finish was like. And yeah, the one thing (laughs) I've spoken about this before. So yeah, I started this project because I'm fascinated by the sound of sex, but I'm sure I've also mentioned that when I watch porn, I generally turn the sound off. Um, like I'm fascinated by the sound of real sex. That's still true and still very much a thing for me, but porn is like, ugh. You know, and I'm not talking about the music or the dialogue or whatever, which is is awful. And for sure, if there's either, I will definitely, you know, that's the the first thing that inspires me to turn it off. But it's like the fake expression and the kind of, um, it's just so played up and it's so focused on the female's expression of, you know, whatever is the industry standard of like, this is what it sounds like. This is the hot sound to make. Um, and blowjobs also is like, takes it into the other part of, well, there's all of these things that I don't like. And it's this close up of this slurping sucking sound, which is like, I don't, not a big fan. And (laughs) honestly, it was, it was equally unpleasant to listen to the, um, the videos that were sent to me. I mean, it was one thing to watch them, but the sound, it's just like, if I'm not the one giving the blowjob or receiving oral sex, it's like, those are not the sounds I want to listen to. Um, I don't know why I have such a strong reaction to them, but anyway, um, so anyway, so there was a lot of research done to get to the clips that I, um, that I wound up settling on. But anyway, so I, I left all of that, 
feeling, you know, a little jealous, a little inspired. Um, you know, prior to the research for that episode, I also, you know, I had gone from just using toys, then I think the following day, I don't know, I, I got it in my head. You know how it is when you're searching for porn, you go in looking for one thing, and you know, you wind up watching something completely different. So I went in, you know, and sometimes I, I go through like all of the recommended or like what's trending or popular, or the most liked, um, just interested in what the read is, you know, like what are people consuming right now? And this being, you know, kind of the slice of all users. I find that fascinating. So I wound up watching this really produced porn. I mean, it even had, um, like the company was like this whole fake hostel thing it was like an hostel, like H O S T E L, you know, where like young travelers stay. And anyway, it was absurd, but I don't know something about it. Somehow I got from that, I may have detoured along the way to some like train or bus groping from Japan. And then um, I got into face sitting. And so the face sitting, there was kind of a strange uh, experience watching all the face sitting porn. Like face sitting is appealing in real life. And face sitting in porn, it can be. And sometimes it's just like, it's just absurd. And it's clearly done for the, you know the viewer and not kind of capturing the experience of what it's like for the participants, you know? So it's all about like the woman looking at the camera and shaking her ass. And like, this is not, none of this stuff is being done for her pleasure. And that's the stuff I can't watch. But anyway, every once in a while, then I'll come across one. So there was one that was pretty good, even though like she had these really big breasts and the guy wasn't touching her at all. And it was like, what? She definitely... Like, touch the person if somebody's sitting on your face, but whatever. Um, maybe somebody wants to focus, like, where the stimulation is happening. Maybe she asked him not to. I don't know. A lot of questions with that. Anyway, um, there has been something strange that has happened to my my uh, my porn feeds. You know, I, I my porn research generally starts with Pornhub. But maybe 10% of the time, I'll start with Google and just do a video search, you know, which will lead me to, you know, millions of other porn sites that are out there or some other just like random amateur submitted stuff, some wherever. And, uh, but with Pornhub, like I said, I have an account. So the benefit of having the account and the reason why I started the account in the first place is because it allows you to save things. So anyway, generally... I don't know, there were periods of time where, you know, Pornhub would start recommending things to me, and they were decent. Then the recommendations got totally, totally off track. Um, I mean, about topics I've never searched for before, and like, why, why in all of the things that I've watched would it start recommending these things? So it became like the subject started getting off the, off track. And now what I'm finding is that the feed, and this is not necessarily even just the recommended, but maybe it's like a result of me just going through so many pages of just standard uh, popular things. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is that the women in the videos that are getting recommended to me have changed. Um, And by that, I mean, it is like 99% of all of the the videos feature these women that are so clearly the product 
of vaginal plastic surgery, uh, labiaplasty and, and whatever else they do with bleaching and tucking and like, and it's just, it looks so fake and it's so perfect and sculpted and like, it's like a fleshlight come to life, like happens to have these, these skinny legs attached to it and these giant tits on this skinny, skinny body. All of the vaginas are like this, all of them everywhere. Like, what the fuck happened? And I'm telling you, this is like a one week to the next kind of switch where like one week it's going on, you know, it's still like, you know, my, you know, okay, the subjects aren't great, but it's this continuation of at least the women that are in it. Yes, most of them are hairless. Fine, whatever. I'll deal with that. But like they were normal vaginas. And then all of a sudden, it's just like fake vaginas as far as the eye can see. And that's upsetting as a woman with a normal vagina is like, it's so fake. It's so fake. And I just, ah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a change in the algorithm or it's really just there's something that's happened recently where the source of all this stuff, you know, has just, there's just been some sort of tipping point. Um, but it's awful. Uh, and despite my disgust, it's still, I feel shamed. <laughs> I feel really insecure about my own vagina. And it's like, ugh, I don't know. I'm like disgusted and jealous at the same time. Mostly disgusted. Anyway, I just thought that was worth bringing up. And, you know, God help you if you're a man and you're looking at this stuff and you think this is how vaginas are really supposed to look or that this is natural and these women are like these unicorns that have been found because their vaginas are so beautiful. It's like, no, they had normal vaginas. And then some fucking producer or whoever was like, Hey, go to this doctor. So your vagina should look like this. And we're going to do this for you. And now, okay, now you're worthy of being in a video. Cause that shit is totally fucking fake. Anyway. So getting back to the face sitting. So the face sitting, like that was great. Masturbated to that, blah, blah, blah. But then going back to the research for the blowjob episode and all of like, just all this oral sex, all this oral sex, um, started getting jealous about that too. I mean, I, I've been speaking about how, how frustrated I've been not having a partner. And when I get frustrated, I allow the frustration to build to a certain point and then I take action. And so this week is when action was taken. And um, yeah, I was really envious of not having a partner to, you know, either give or receive any type of oral sex with. Um, and so Friday, I, I reached out to number 54, who is one of my favorite cocks, uh, can be very fun to play with. And we our schedules <laughs> were not in alignment. And that led me to settling for a new partner. Um, and this is the one type of cougar bait that I had mentioned in a previous episode. I did not follow my, my own advice and, uh, avoid dealing with him or engaging with him because I, I know in the scheme of things, it's a bit of a derailment. It's not, it's not part of the path to wherever I'm trying to get but, um, yeah, I felt like a fucking cat in heat. I was frustrated. I was impatient. And, um, I was like, fuck it. For all of his hype, uh, in a, all of his supposed experience, um, I was deeply disappointed. Uh, he had a small dick and he also does not seem to 
be aware of this thing. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's called foreplay, uh, where like you touch the other person and like do things to them to try to get them to a state of readiness for intercourse. I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with this. This guy was not... There have been a couple of guys that, you know, I've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, well, you're already in my house. We're already naked and you have a tiny dick. And I'm at this, this frustrated, this like peak level of frustration. And I'm like, I'm just going to make the best of this. And I kind of treat it as, you know, they're kind of like a living, breathing sex toy. Um, and it's, it's work. (laughs) It's mental and physical work to kind of like, get anything out of the experience. Um, but that's how I, I went with it and, um, I recorded it. I'm going to use the recordings in a later episode, but, um, oh man, it's so shitty when you haven't had sex for a while and then you have sex and it's like, and it's shitty sex. (laughs) And this happened. It was like so in line with this experience that I had a few years ago, because in my life I have never, since I've begun having sex, I have never gone 12 months without having sex. Um, I get close to that 12 months. I get really fucking close, but I've never gone longer than that. Like it's always, I either, you know, make shit happen or like, I don't have to take extraordinary action. Like it kind of naturally works itself out. So there was another time a couple of years ago where I was getting super close to the 12 month mark. I mean, I'm talking like I was probably at 11 months and three weeks and I was like, fuck, this is going to happen. And then, you know, I made sure my apartment was ready for guests and I was shaved and I felt prepared and, you know, whatever. And I think I just like, like just changed something about how I was approaching a daily life. Like, and cause I can tell sometimes I get to that point and I'm frustrated, but it's also like, well, are you really doing anything to support the presence of another person, the likelihood of this situation happening? And the truth is, I'm probably not, you know, I'm probably, you know, a little ashamed of, of how messy my room is or, you know, feeling insecure and then not doing anything, you know, to make myself feel better about myself. And like all of these things work together to kind of keep people away. So anyway, so long and the short of it was that, you know, I started taking different actions and then lo and behold, over four days, I slept with three different guys. And the first one was terrible. And it was kind of like, I don't know, I guess in the scheme of things now, it's, you know, that was like a warm up. It was very low hanging fruit, very, you know, very, very just matter of fact and like, okay, like getting the deed done. But somehow I kind of opened the floodgates of, okay, now other partners, other really good partners can come in. So I'm hoping that's what is going to follow this experience as well. But it was the same kind of thing. It was like I was at a peak level of frustration and, you know, this person was there and I was like, fine, you know, like I'll, I'll give this a shot and I'll put aside my normal, um, my normal filtration system and, and kind of just be open to whatever this experience will be. And, you know, to my own detriment. I mean, one of the things that was so absurd was he wears Magnum condoms and like, he has this baggy fucking condom, which I was like holding on to and just like, Oh my God, this fucking condom is going to get lost inside me because it does not fit him. And how is this person 
who claims to have slept with as many people that he, like, how do you not know? How do you even, how can you even be an adult male in this day and age and not know from pornography or whatever that you do not have a big dick and number one, you should not be wearing Magnum condoms. And this is kind of like a PSA for all guys that wear condoms. Like condoms really stretch, right? Just stick with the normal fucking condoms. Like I've slept with guys that have giant dicks and they don't wear Magnum condoms. Number 54 doesn't wear a Magnum condom. He could, but he doesn't because you don't need to. There has been one guy in my entire life that actually... I needed to get Magnum condoms to sleep with him because he kept, I don't know if it was something about the shape of his dick or like the physicality of how we were having sex, but he would like, they would rip on the top of his dick. Like there was just too much force or whatever. And they would split unless, unless you have that happen or I would suggest even waiting for somebody else, like a partner to suggest, maybe you should get Magnum condoms. Like if nobody's saying that to you, like, definitely don't go and get Magnum condoms because it's absurd. Partners everywhere perpetuate this kind of ignorance and false information and, you know, crazy ideas and the people that we're sleeping with when we don't say something. So I did say, do you really think you need them or something? I, I said it some way, but not in like a <laughs> like a fully direct you're wearing a giant condom and you have a tiny dick way. But I did, you know, kind of like, you should really reassess this. And, you know, this is somebody that I do know socially. And if (laughs) I feel, I feel compelled on the behalf of all future partners with this guy, that there are other things that, you know, should be said, because, you know, when people fake orgasms, when they don't, bring up, you know, like, maybe you should think about this or try that or, you know, whatever. I mean, everything needs to be done with some tact. Um, But it's like when these things are not said, this is what allows people to go years and tens of hundreds of partners and never learn because nobody is telling them. (sighs) Anyway, so we should all speak up, myself included. Um, But, you know, I also know that I I have a sharp tongue and... I very matter of fact, and my delivery method is sometimes lacking in, in gentleness. So I'm very mindful of the timing in which I say things because I did not feel like that was the right environment. I didn't want to like destroy him emotionally. Um, so I'm going to pick my moment, but this conversation will definitely be had. Uh, yeah. So that was Friday. And you know, other than that, it was like some toy stuff. I had pretty good orgasms this week, you know, like those feelings of frustration, you know, they lead to kind of being all buzzed up already. So, um, you know, my drive was there. My, my focus was there. Like I really wanted it and you know, the results were pretty good. So yeah, that was my week. And, um, (laughs) I hope yours was better than that. Uh, geez. Yeah. It's almost like having no sex is better than having bad sex. But is it? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Because, I mean, if anything, I'm, like, more determined to have good sex, which is better than just the frustration I was having before I had the bad sex. Meh. Mysteries. Anyway. Um, yeah. I will talk to you again Thursday. Until then, I wish you many orgasms. Take care. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Did you dig it? Tell a friend. Subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes. Send an email. I really would love for you to do all of these things. And if you'd like to know more about this project, visit graphicpaint.com slash sexpodcast for additional episodes and background on how this all began. And if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, send an email to sex at graphicpaint.com. Every story and experience is valuable, so why not do an interview or submit your own filthy audio? Be a part of our revolution and help us spread the message of sexy self-acceptance.